Welcome everyone to Tales from Planet Customer Experience. We're very happy to have you with us today. As always, my name is Brian Bruner. And I'm Deliana Pavlova. We're a couple of customer experience geeks who love sharing stories about customer experience. We're very excited today to have a friend of ours join us. Uh, we have Jen, who's worked with us in the past and is also a customer experience enthusiast. So we're very excited to hear a couple of customer experience positive stories, I think, today. So Jen, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So uh, I thought I'd share a, a couple different stories about recent experiences that I've I've had that I really walked away from the experience and, and uh, felt that it was a very thoughtful, uh, empowered experience as a customer. And so I'm, I'm going to, um, each of these categories are a little different from one another, but I thought I'd start with a story uh, about uh, an enterprise car rental experience I have. So as a business traveler, uh, I, I frequently do rent cars and uh, it, it's it's hard to differentiate in the travel space because there's a lot of uh, or companies in the in the travel space that have done a good job of leaning in and trying to be mindful of, of what that traveler is going through and what their journey is. Uh, and and so uh, and, and often you're you're competing on price. And so I, I had this uh, opportunity to travel for work down to Austin, Texas, and I was able to. Uh, join it with some personal travel, visiting my sister. Uh, and so uh, I went over the New Year's uh, time period to go see her. And uh, we went We went with family and then my family went back home and I stayed on to meet with my client down in Austin, Texas. And, and so when I brought my family back to the airport, I picked up a vehicle um, through Enterprise. And, and so when I got to Enterprise, uh, because of the holiday, they actually had quite an inventory of vehicles in place. And uh, so I was able to walk in and the uh, individual working there that day uh, reached out to me and said, uh, you know, uh, this is happy new year. Uh, we we uh, are fortunate at this point in time that we don't have as many vehicles being rented um, due to it, having a few days off business, uh, business travelers being in here. And he let me pick out any vehicle I wanted. Uh, so uh, I knew I was going back to my sister's for another a couple of days and my nephew would be just overjoyed if I, I brought home. So I, I picked up a Jeep truck. I don't know if you've seen those vehicles, but uh, I was the coolest aunt ever uh, when I got to drive him, drive him around uh, in this Jeep truck. So uh, it, it was, you know, some something sought after and, and a little bit more unusual, uh, eclectic. So I could have taken a higher end vehicle that I might have um, enjoyed driving a little bit more. But it was nice, nice to get to try uh, a make and model that I might not have chosen on my own. So uh, what I love about that story is the employee was empowered to really make a, a meaningful car rental experience that I that sticks out in my mind uh, for something that that didn't cost them anything different and they didn't have to play by a certain rule book but they they were they were empowered to do better and 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 think about what what makes a difference for a customer so i i think sometimes companies forget about 
coming up with ways uh, to empower that frontline employee to do something in when you have seasonality or other other elements uh, to make the experience better. So I, I love love seeing that example of empowerment of the frontline because uh, it certainly probably wasn't in the the rule book or anything scripted and definitely didn't I didn't drive a ton of miles. Um, so it didn't really cost them much more than had they given me my standard um, quali qualifying uh, what, what the company would pay for uh, car car rate. So, so that, that was a great, great experience uh, in and of itself. Uh, I, ha I have another story that I'd love to share. Um, actually, it has to do with my glasses. So uh, I went for a period of 20 years. Uh, I had LASIK surgery back in 1999 and 20 years went without glasses, loved it. Uh, definitely would make that choice again in a heartbeat. Uh, but uh, during COVID, you know, obviously spent way too much time on my screen and, and uh, eyesight started, started waning. And so uh, loved the concept of Warby Parker and uh, thought, oh, this is great. They, uh, they ship me glasses. I get to try them on. I get input from my family. Um, so, so I bought a pair originally from Warby Parker after, after going through that process. Um, the, and, and I, I like to reward some disruptors in, in a, a space and, and the, the promise of Warby Parker, um, sounded like it would be inexpensive yet, you know, ma making that eyeglass purchasing process a little bit easier. So really liked it. Um, but I found that my, I, I clearly forgot how to take care of glasses over that 20 year period because I, I wore those out uh, in a short period of time. And um, meanwhile, I had taken my kids to the Costco Optical Center uh, to pick up, uh, to, to do their school required exams. And, and so while I was in there, I ended up talking to the woman uh, that is stationed outside where they sell the glasses. And I found this woman was incredibly knowledgeable. And uh, so I, I got to talking with her and I, I was able to share my prescription uh, and found that she uh, just, just she clearly spent so much time uh, selling glasses that the, I, I, you forget when, when you are so inclined to go digital and self-serve and, and those, those benefits of Warby Park being convenient, you forget the benefits of having someone to talk to and, and um, all the value that that can bring at times. And so she uh, she set me up with this pair that I'm wearing uh, today. And uh, I gotten many compliments. And I have to say, they were a lot less expensive at Costco uh, than Lori Parker. And uh, it was just Overall, just a great, great communication, and I, I just better understood what I was getting and, and the value for it overall. So, uh, I don't remember the woman's name from the the Niles location of Costco, but highly, highly recommend uh, going there for your next glasses purchase. So, was this more like of an assessment, like she was talking to you, trying to understand your needs, right? This was a yeah. personalized. I don't know what to call it, consultation. Yeah, you know, it, we we just started talking while I was waiting uh, for the kids' exams to be wrapped up. And uh, she was able to talk 
talk through, you know, the differences between having metal frames and, and uh, some of the acrylic frames and, uh, in, and just different coating options on the lenses to protect your eyes and uh, what, what those elements meant. And in a way that uh, I, I think as you are, are working with a vendor that is digital, a, a digital interaction, uh, sometimes, and, and I, I suspect if I had dug deep enough into the Warby Parker site, I might have found some of that information, but there is there's value in it being proactively served up up to you in, in that human to human interaction. So as as we think about experiences, I, I worry sometimes that uh, there's such a push to digitalize uh, so many experiences these days that uh, we, we miss out on some of those human human elements of the experience. You know, I, I want to go back to the to the car rental in just a moment, but I love this story of the you know the person that, and, and I think one of the things to me that was interesting is you said she was very knowledgeable, right? This is not because I've been to some uh, optical places where you know they're literally just pushing buttons on you know answering questions on the computer, online, and that's where you kind of say, I could have done this online, right? I this, this I could have figured this out on my own. But when you have someone who can really walk you through it, it gives you a sense of confidence that you don't really get anywhere else, right? And there, it's it's interesting. There's a there's a shoe store close to my home that um, we have spent so much money at, and the shoes are, are not the cheapest; they're a little bit more expensive. But it's because of the people that are there, and they train their employees to, you know, it's like I don't know, maybe I'm showing my age here, but I remember as a kid, you would go into the shoe store and the person would measure your foot and they would try help you try it on and give you all this advice. And now, you know, with, with like Payless shoes here in the US and and online, you know, like now we just sort of, hey, it's, it's probably gonna fit, right? Um, but these people will, and, and you can still do that in this store, but you, you have people who will, you know, watch you walk and oh, your, your you know, feet kind of go to the outside or the inside. And so these are the kind of shoes that are better for you. and that knowledge, like you said, it just gives you so much confidence for something that's could easily be digitally done, right? And, and in fact, is done digitally all the time. So I think it's a it's a really interesting a aspect of customer service that, I, to your point, Jen, I think we're losing so much as we go to digital. And and I think there obviously there's you know chats and ways to do it digitally as well, but it's just not the same as being in front of someone and having that experience so that's I, know, I love that experience what surprised me is when you started talking about Warby Parker I think that's kind of usually used as an example right so many times we talk about them in kind of as an example of great customer experiences and whatnot and I was really surprised that for you comparing it to Costco that was kind of like the quote-unquote better experience and to me this is so relevant because recently we talked so much about you know AI and moving away from the human touch and human experience and how relevant that conversation is, like how much value there is in the human interaction that these chatbots and AI can deliver. So to me, it was really interesting that for you, that was what made this experience that much better. So very, very interesting. It is. I think there's, there's some things, uh, 
that you can't, when you're talking about something as personal as something you wear on your face every single day, it, it, it's helpful to have uh, that human touch uh, bolstering your confidence. And, and what I thought would give me confidence of, of having, you know, trying on the glasses at home and having my family give me the thumbs up or thumbs down on different pairs. Uh, I mean, it, it did help uh, bolster some confidence in the, the frame selection, but uh, I realized that there were, there were some more important things uh, at this age that I'm thinking about when, when it comes to wearing my glasses other than just style. Well, it, I mean, and I, I love Costco. Um, I spend probably way too much than I ever should there, but I don't know that I would have associated, and, and, and it's not like I've had terrible service experience there either, but it's not really associated with, you know, the sort of over the top um, customer experience, right? It's a warehouse store. It's very, you know, you buy in bulk and there's not very many employees there. And so it, it's interesting that even in a place that's not really built for that, this person has been trained well enough to be able to really give you the confidence to feel like, you know, this is the right thing for you. And I, I know our listeners can't see you, but the glasses do look great. I'll say that. No, so. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the, because I agree with you, I, I didn't initially think to, I'm, I'm not buying multiple pairs uh, in bulk of, of glasses. Right. That's, that's <laughs> right. um, but where the bulk seemed to benefit uh, and, and drive value was, it, there was quite a few transactions, even when I was sitting there with her trying some things on. And I think when you see that that many volume and, and you're hearing from customers about as they're trying trying different types on, I think it it that that increases her knowledge uh, of you know other customers have said this about that type of frame and um, and I think when they're selling that volume, some of the manufacturers uh, have more of an incentive to visit them as as opposed to. Um, some of the some of the other eyeglass areas where I, I, I know there's quite a monopoly in the eyeglass space. So it, it's um, it's been a, a way that maybe maybe some have gotten away from educating the customer. Yeah, and and their employees, to be honest. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to go back for a minute to the to the enterprise car and, and enterprise, if I remember right, is was one of the companies that inspired. Fred Reichheld and the NPS and, and all of that. And so I, I guess it's not super surprising that you'd have that kind of a, a positive experience. But I would say, you know, it, it, if I look at it as, you know, slow weekend for the company, right? They're not making a lot of money. Um, you know, this could be viewed as a negative and yet turned it into what could be a positive where next time you go to rent a car, you, you know, maybe you think, oh, they're all the same. You might, you know, I might give Enterprise a, a try yeah. again because, I got to be that really cool aunt for the weekend, thanks to them. Right. Exactly, and and uh, you know, I think their business is such that you know the the seasonality and and I, I would imagine uh, varies by location. So, you know, maybe Austin over New Year's wasn't wasn't the hot spot, uh, but there's likely likely other locations that are the hot spot, and and. Uh, that time period. So creating some uniform blanket statements about policies of what they're doing during different periods won't work. They have to mm. empower those local regions to know 
when 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 do they need to leverage that inventory and and make it the right thing for the customer and when 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 is that not necessary so it was it was great to see that employee um be able to just make you know make, it definitely made my weekend it was it was a lot of fun so yeah great. that's really cool well i think you mentioned you had one more story we have time for for another one if, if you want oh, to share good. oh good i i will i will share one more um I, I actually came up with a list of a lot of things I, I love to talk about, but I think that since, since um, we're, we've talked about a variety of topics, I'll, I'll bring up an entirely different category. And I know, I know many people are very familiar with the, the Domino's uh, application. So this is kind of a, a, a difference from the uh, Costco experience, but uh, Domino's uh offers their their pizza that you have the the app that can download so uh, i'm a, a busy parent of three kids and and often all three kids have an activity in three different directions and and uh on some nights i i just need to get food food uh on in the door uh for for certain kids who are there and others that i'm i'm driving and carting around and uh the Domino's app, I think, is an example of where technology has has made a, a difference um, because they have learned how to communicate well with the customer throughout the entire journey of the, the process. And so uh, I can make that order. I know exactly where it stands and, and when someone has to be home to pick up that order. <laughs> and, and like, is it on target? Or if, you know, I have one of my teenagers at home the food was delivered. <laughs> like, have you have you gotten it? And are you eating dinner? And have you alerted your brother? And uh, and, and so it is. Uh, I, I think that's an example of where technology has really enhanced uh, that customer experience uh, from beginning to end. It, it hasn't replaced what you're doing necessarily, but uh, really enhanced uh, the experience overall. I agree. I agree. I, I, and, you know, you look at uh, similar food delivery apps like DoorDash or Uber Eats, and, you know, it's it's becoming the standard now where there, there's another app that I use for another restaurant that, uh, you know, it'll tell you, oh, the food's being delivered, the food's out for delivery, but it's very, very limited. And we've all gotten spoiled with the Domino's and the, you know, your uh, it's your food's in the oven. And I, and I, I think with Domino's, they also, if I remember right, they have some creative little, you, know, you can send a message uh, to your crew that's making the pizza to say, you know, keep up the good work or something like, like that. I think those little creative yeah. touches are becoming the standard of, we want to know exactly where our stuff is, you know, at all times. And yeah, it's, it's a really cool thing. Not just in food delivery. I mean, we have this conversation at work all the time, right? Like it's become a, I don't know, like a household name, right? Like the Domino's pizza trackers kind of really become ubiquitous everywhere. And we try to kind of mimic and follow the same process and transparency and visibility into whatever product or service we deliver. So it's a great example of simplifying and making customer experience transparent. I agreed. And, and thinking about it from the end to end journey and, uh, you know, sometimes we work to look at different customer segments and their needs. And, and I think you're right, Deliana, 
Domino's tracker is, is ubiquitous and, and that it applies to every segment. I think there's, you know, for, for that hungry person sitting at home waiting, uh, they, they can look at it versus the busy parent who's uh, juggling and, and wants to know what's going on. Uh, but I think as we think about some of the customer journeys that are out there, sometimes, sometimes when you break things down by customer segment, uh, to better understand what their needs are, you you can create something that that works for all long term. You know, sorry, I'm gonna have an uh, older guy moment again here. <laughs> I remember very clearly when uh, I was working for uh, I was working with um, a company called Lotus that better, later got bought by IBM, and they their first um, server was they called it the Domino server. And so there was a lot of jokes about pizza and, and all that because, of course, Domino's was already uh, existing there. But I remember having the comment of, oh, yeah, you'll, one day you'll be able to um, order pizza on the Internet. And I remember all of us thinking, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Because uh, at the time it was, I'm going to have to go boot up my computer, which took forever, right? Connect to the Internet, dial up, which took forever. Then you're going to have to go find their website. Of course, everything's slow, right? <laughs> and then, and it's, so it's, uh, I remember thinking, I don't know if we'll ever do that. That just seems so counterintuitive as, far, as opposed to picking up the phone and just ordering it. And so, and now we've come completely the different ways. So sorry for the old fogey moment there for a minute. But, uh, you know, we're now it's the preferred way where it's like, oh, it's just so easy. And like you said, you can do it from wherever. If you're not home, but your kids are at home and you need to get them, um, you know, something to eat really quick. And so, yeah, it's it's amazing how technology has given us new opportunities to, you know, for convenience, I guess. I agree. And I, I love that example, Brian, because it does, it's a reminder that what, we have to put the stake in the ground and create a vision long-term of where where do we want things to go and where do we want them to be to help help chart that path because it's often a set of incremental activities. You know, obviously you could order your pizza uh, online for a period of time before they introduce the tracker. And, and now, now you can communicate to the employees. It's, it's, yeah, uh, yeah. it is nice to see it go full circle. Very true. Very true. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much, Jen. We, we're, uh, we've enjoyed this conversation and, and uh, enjoyed hearing the stories. Anything else you want to leave us with before we uh, finish up? No, just keep keep uh, doing the good work of fighting for good customer experiences all, all around. It make, makes things better for all. Agreed. Thank you. Diliana, anything else you want to add here before we close up? No, great variety of stories. Thanks for giving us the opportunity to kind of explore customer experience from different angles. So we really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for being our guest. Well, very good. Well, for any of our listeners uh, and, and our growing group of listeners, we're excited to see our, uh, our listeners, a number of listeners grow. Um, if you would like to come on the podcast, uh, send us an email at planetcustomerexperience at gmail.com. And, uh, or, and, and we can either, uh, you can send us your story, we'll read it online, or if you'd like to come on like Jen did and, and share your story with us, that would be great as well. So for everyone out there, we want to say have a great week and greetings from Planet Customer Experience.